So lately I've been watching the, uh, the PBS series on uh, the Vietnam War, which has been really fascinating. And, and I was just a wee little child uh, at that time, and I don't really have a lot of, um, you know, memories. Uh, I had a couple of uncles who were over there, and my brother, my older brother, sold those POW bracelets, you know, for all the, the mostly downed airmen who were in the Hanoi Hilton. But it's been really interesting and it reminded me of my one uncle's story that he was drafted in about 1966 and he was sent to Vietnam and his job was to be a combat engineer. And what he said to me was, my job was to sit in a bulldozer, drive through the jungle while they shot at me. And so he got on the airplane and they flew over to Vietnam and they landed in Vietnam and he's ready to go be a combat engineer and drive through the jungle while they shoot at him and the officer comes out and says, I need two volunteers. But he wouldn't tell him what for. And my uncle thought, well, it can't be worse than driving a bulldozer through the jungle while they shoot at me. So he volunteered and they made him a pay clerk. And he, he basically stayed in Saigon the whole time and which was better than being a bulldozer driver through the jungle while you get shot at, but still, it was a year in Vietnam. And I think in a lot of ways as I was pondering the story, it, it, it's like the perfect analogy for the life of faith in a lot of ways. Because, you know, for many people, we're going through life driving our bulldozers through the jungle. And we, we think we're safe in this big machine and we're just plowing whatever and comes in front of us to show that we're really in control of the situation. But the reality is that the enemies are all around us and shooting at us and that the, the, the dangers and the darkness of the world are constantly sort of picking away at us. And when Jesus comes and invites us into the life of faith, it's kind of the same as that officer walking out to the airplane because it's not clear exactly what it is Jesus is going to ask of us. That none of us, when we accept the invitation to faith, knows exactly where it will lead. And I can tell you for sure, um, when I was getting baptized, someone asked me if I was excited. And I said, no, I'm terrified. Heaven knows what Jesus is going to ask of me. And that I'm standing here today suggests that I was correct in my assessment. <laughs> This was not on my agenda. But the will of the Lord leads us into mysterious and unknown places. And we see the same thing in this story from Exodus where the Israelites have left Egypt. And let's be honest, life in Egypt was terrible if you're an Israelite. They were essentially slaves. They were sorely oppressed. They were told to make bricks and not given the materials to make it with. They had to conjure bricks out of water. And there, the Pharaoh wanted their, all of their male children to be killed. He told the midwives, we had this story about a month ago, that whenever a male child is born, make sure you kill it right away. To be an Israelite in Egypt, in the scriptures, is a terrible situation. It is awful. And yet when they are invited by God literally into the wilderness not knowing where they're going or how long it will take, even though they have this promise of a promised land at the end of it, while they're in the journey, all they do is complain. Oh, Moses, this is so terrible. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? It was so much better being a slave than out here in freedom in the desert. 
And the truth is that the invitation in the life of faith is not an invitation to go spend a weekend at the Ritz-Carlton, right? It's not everything's going to be a bed of roses. It's not all easy, smooth sailing from here on out. But the reality is that, that the invitation to follow God, though it is rife with difficulty. Jesus himself calls it a yoke. You know, that big wooden thing around the ox's neck. It's not that coming the life of faith takes away all of our burdens. But compared to the burdens that we had without the life of faith, it is though the burden of Jesus is no burden at all. And so, like the Israelites, I think we also are prone in the life of faith to, to be bogged down by the minutia and by the difficulty that our life faces. And it's so easy to go to God and go, God, why isn't this easier? But it's not. But the thing is that we've been given a gift not just of faith, but faith in the life of community. Right, and I've talked about this probably, you know, over and over again. But the truth is we are not called to be individual followers of Jesus Christ. We are called to be a community of followers. And so it's the difference between a community of people working together and a gathering of Christians. This isn't a movie theater that we come and all experience the same thing. But it's something that we are called to experience together and to take our faith and work together. Paul says in his letter that it is wonderful of all of the good things you are doing as individuals. But to complete my joy, what is most important is that you find ways to work together despite the differences and difficulties that you may have with one another. And our essential challenge as, as a community of faith is to hold to that vision. To see the difficulties in the world around us and to understand that this life of faith that we've been called into that, that frankly asks a lot of us is still better than all of the other alternatives. And that together the gifts that we have individually when we combine them and we find our, our calling as community that just like the Israelites wandering in the desert who were surrounded by God's presence. We too will have God's presence among us. In fact, that's, that's the whole premise of Christianity. That when we follow Jesus, we come together and together we are the body of Christ. Not one of us individually. I mean, you know, you might be a great liver or a great bladder or a great eye or a great hand. But only when they're all together in one thing is God truly manifest and present. We can't be Christians all by ourselves. We can only do it with each other. And so, even though the invitation to faith takes us to somewhere mysterious and unknown and may lead us into places we don't want to go, just like Jesus, who prayed, who prayed that he might be delivered of the cross and yet went. In the same way that we might not know where this life of faith will take us. In the same way that Jesus' death is transformed by the resurrection and made infinitely more powerful than he could have imagined probably. The same way as we engage together as God's people in the mission of faith, in the life of community, the small things that we do, the little gifts that we bring are transformed into something magnificent, something wonderful, something transformative, not just for our lives, but for the whole world.
And so as we are faced with the invitation to faith and we, we may think that it's better to be driving through that jungle in that safe bulldozer, the truth is that accepting Jesus' invitation to the unknown will take us to somewhere far better. And if not exactly safe, it is a place where God will always be present with us and be there and walk with us. God knows our sufferings intimately. But even when the life of faith takes us into somewhere scary and dark, God is there to give us the strength to carry on in the mission that we have been given, to transform the world, to reflect the glory of God and the creation of God. Amen. <laughs>